0: People say, oh, you know, I like talking to you because you listen to me
1: and you believe me. And who's not listening to these people? Who's not believing these people? what I'd like to know. Fellow Sapiens, welcome back to Epilepsy Sparks Insights. Now, who has heard of an epilepsy specialist pharmacist? They aren't awfully common, but they can have a huge positive impact on the lives of people affected by the epilepsies, take some stress off of GPs, urologists, and more. This week, epilepsy specialist, pharmacist, lecturer, and so much more, Trudy Thomas, tells us all about her role, training other pharmacists to do the same, and why other hospitals and practices should train and hire their own Trudy. My name is Trudy
0: Thomas, and I'm a pharmacist by background. And I uh, specialize in epilepsy. Uh, I have sort of a number of different ways in which I do that. So, But uh, mainly on a Friday, I work at Medway Maritime Hospital, which is in Kent in the southeast uh, of the UK. And I work as an epilepsy specialist pharmacist there as part of the neurologist team. And in particular, uh, my sort of uh, special area, I guess, is... is, um, looking at patients who've got complex medication needs and so um, that would include everything through. They've just got a long list of other medicines because obviously as a pharmacist I can look at other medicines aside from just their anti medicines. But it also might be people who are having perhaps particular difficulties with aspects to do with their medication. So maybe they're having a new medicine put in or another one taken out. And and also part of that is I can prescribe. So I'm an independent prescriber. So I do quite a lot of prescribing so that we can perhaps just give people a little bit more help when those medicines are going in and out.
1: So does that mean that if a person might be in need of a change of medication, they don't need to see their neurologist or their epileptologist? You can actually make that decision for them. Yeah,
0: it's it's often following um the plan that's made by the neurologist but um but you know i, I because i've been working with these guys for quite some time i kind of know the sorts of things that they that they would and wouldn't do so um so yes yeah, so i i mean there we we work very collaboratively so i can always run down the corridor and you know oh, what do you think about this but um but Yes, uh, uh, certainly I can I can initiate medication and, and titrate
1: that up or take it out as as required. And is this with adults and children or just adults? Just adults. So I can already uh, say I wish we had more of you and, and people like you qualified in what you do, etc. and who have your passion for what you do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So there aren't many epilepsy specialist pharmacists. Um, I think I can probably there's probably a couple of others that I've come across who, who are working in a similar sort of role. And... Um, And I think, you know, before I started, maybe it wasn't even a, thing so um, the the other part as I said I do a number of things but one of the other parts of my role is I work at a school of pharmacy where we're training students to become pharmacists and so you know I'm a great believer in if you can see one you can be one so I'm really keen to promote the fact that you could be an epilepsy specialist pharmacy it's a thing and you could be one when you grow up Um, I still haven't grown up yet but you know we're working on that so um, so it's yeah so I think that's you know I'm, I'm thinking about my kind of legacy I guess as I'm getting older and and um and the idea that other pharmacists would would specialise in epilepsy. I think it's a fabulous condition for a pharmacist to specialise in, um uh, because it's all about the drugs, you know, and so and as a pharmacist has said, you can it's not just about the anesthesia medicines, it's about the, the medicines as a whole.
1: Would you say that people who are going to uh, be in a similar role to yourself in the future, would you find that they were dealing with Um, challenges other than the seizures, so uh, things that are commonly accompany seizures, so like psychiatric issues or movement disorders or... Tell
0: us about that. Sometimes we can sort the seizures out quite quickly, but but I always think of it. So that, you know, it can be a case of a sort of a bit of a wonky stool, and we get you know we get the seizures sorted out, and then actually that can cause behaviour problems, particularly you know if people have got learning disability, or it can cause sleep problems or other side effects, and so so sometimes we're trying to get that sort of balance between trying to get the best seizure control we can for people and and minimum side effects. You know, I mean the holy the holy grail is to have no no seizures and no side effects, but you know sometimes that isn't you know isn't possible so it is a case of of just sometimes just making kind of quite small changes which we which we hope can you know have have a, a good effect for people
1: do you feel that sometimes you have to work with people to Accept compromises when it comes to medication. Like, often we'll say that, for instance, antiseizure medications can cause, you know, it can impact cognition to a degree or make you really sleepy and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I think it's about managing people's expectations. And, um, and, and, you know, some, sometimes, you know, perhaps you're trying the sort of fourth or fifth antiseizure medication for someone and, you know, statistically, they're less likely to respond but somebody will you know and I, I I can remember one guy you know quite a young chap and we were on to about the fourth or fifth thing and it was just like a miracle you know he barely had to get the, the medication out of the box and he was he was seizure free and he was like why didn't you give me this before <laughs> and, and I was like oh sorry you know yeah. we normally try the other things first so so yeah so you know the, I think there is um, we've got to be realistic about what we can achieve but I think that you know quite often see people who haven't tried different things and, and they're saying oh well i only have one seizure a week so it's not that bad
1: i'm like that's terrible you know come on we can do better than than that for you what part do you play when it comes to things other than seizures so do you help like with ssris do you help with uh, other types of medications my scope of uh, of practice for prescribing is is around the
0: anti-seizure medication and, and other things you know sort of folic acid vitamin d those you know kind of supportive meds but but so one of the the I guess a big part of my role is to 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 work with GPS when we're looking. So so if I pick up that somebody is quite severely depressed and and so sometimes the GPS can be a bit reluctant if patients have got um, epilepsy because they you know I'm a bit nervous about doing that. So I can kind of say to them, these are the sorts of things that would be suitable for somebody with epilepsy. And then the GP can actually make the decision based on the rest of the patient's history. You know, they're going to have a, you know, a more detailed history than than I will but, and, and know what things people have tried in the past. But that sort of hopefully that gives them at least a little bit of a starter and they can always come back to me. So, you know, and, and they will, the GPs will come back and say, well, I'm not sure about this and how's that going to impact that? So again, we can give them advice without me actually saying thou shalt prescribe this. You know, it's their, it, it's obviously their prescribing decision, but But hopefully we've given them some information to make it a bit easier for them.
1: And that's a really important thing, isn't it, that we have, um, especially for when it comes to patients affected by the epilepsies, that there is a good communication between pharmacists and GPs and, well... Kind of everybody in the sphere. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely, and I think you know part of of uh, because I keep saying I have lots of different roles. So an, another role that I, so I do, um, collecting jobs. Um, so another role that I have been doing and and hopefully will do again. It's sort of stalled for the moment. Is is a kind of cross the whole of our our area. So we I cover Kent and Medway, which is a, it's a county uh, in the southeast of England and. And so I've been trying to, to work across primary and secondary care, so to improve communications. And I work very closely with the, with the um, consultant neurologists in the different um, areas, you know, in the different acute trusts. And it's trying to help them understand what the pressures are in primary care and vice versa. So, it's you know, it's really trying to, to help them to to to, you know to do the best for that for that particular patient I think so and it can be hard and you know a classic example you and I talked about this before so I do a lot of the um, annual um, valproate reviews uh, across the whole of, of Kent and Medway And and I think again a pharmacist is in a really strong position to be able to do that because we've got you know here we're trying to look at whether the valproate is the most appropriate medication for that particular uh, woman of childbearing potential and um, and that you know that comes with the epilepsy or the neurology specialist but those those people are not specialists in in the contraception side which is the other aspect of it and so and you know and they shouldn't have to be they're neurologists and then but then we've got the GPS who know about the contraception side of it, but they don't know about the epilepsy so having somebody who can help to sort of join those two things up and again I, although I don't prescribe contraception, I can advise on that for the GPs and sort of say, well, you know, for this particular patient with this particular medication, this, this and this would be suitable, but this would be less suitable. So, um, again, I think it's, you know, the, the, a pharmacist in a good position to, to try and uh, bring those two things together.
1: It would appear that just, mm, t- teaching or lecturing uh, medical students about the epilepsies and those who are becoming pharmacists, doesn't necessarily get the time that it should um what's your opinion on that and why should we give more time to teach people about the epilepsies well of course i'm I'm totally biased aren't i i think we should should the whole course should be on um i I mean i think we've got
0: to be realistic what what we can achieve and and you know one of the the, one of my kind of particular personal um passions is around trying to help what you call the 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 non-specialist the jobbing pharmacist you know you that you might meet in your community pharmacy when they're dispensing your medicines or where they're working in your GP practice, supporting the GPs there with medication issues. It's about helping those non-specialists to use the skills and um, abilities that they have already to help people with epilepsy. And I think, you know, like a lot of healthcare professionals, pharmacists have got that neurophobia, "Mm, epilepsy, it's all very scary. And actually what I'm saying to them is you've got a lot of things in your, you know, your cupboard already that the that would be a benefit to patients with epilepsy. You know, pharmacists know about interactions. That's you know that's really important. They know about which medicines can you give as a brand and which can you give as generics. They you know they know about those sorts of things. So so I think it, it's I'm you know I'm hoping that I can give those non-specialist pharmacists confidence to be able to engage more with patients with epilepsy. That's that's what I want to do. So going back to your, sorry, I've gone off piece. But in terms of thinking about um, the amount that they get in their kind of undergraduate training, I think we could give them those basic skills. So as long as they're good at the interactions and they're good at communication. And so those are the things that will serve them well. And then if we can add in a little bit of uh, epilepsy knowledge as well, then I think then then we're in business. I think it could be
1: Amazing. I mean, I'm a person who, go, who goes down to the pharmacist, uh, uh, see the pharmacist every so often, and I would really appreciate it if I just had a random question, you know, maybe I don't have access to see an epilepsy nurse over the next week or two because they might not come back to me or whatever it might be. Because you have direct contact with the pharmacist much more frequently, they can play a crucial and really sort of powerful, impactful have an impact on people's lives for the better
0: right yeah absolutely and that's you know as i say that's a big part of what i'm hoping to to do is to inspire those community pharmacists just you know i I say to them it doesn't matter if you don't know the answer the fact that you're taking an interest in people with epilepsy because i think people with epilepsy get such a raw deal you know all of the you know when we've looked at the sort of services that pharmacies can offer and and there's a huge amount of services out there nhs services smoking cessation all those things often patients with epilepsy don't Get off those things because again, there's that nervousness, and 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 I think you're know, just being honest and saying actually, you know, I, I don't know a huge amount about epilepsy, but I but you know, I I'm sure I can help you or or what what you know what would you like to know? I'll go away and look it up and come back. And so you know, I think that there's a lot that that non-specialist pharmacists can can do to to help patients with epilepsy. I
1: completely agree, and, and we're talking about helping people to improve quality of life. We're talking about you know minimizing risk, even saving lives, and. It, like you have just said, it doesn't necessarily require much knowledge initially, you can just learn. And it's actually a really, really interesting topic where you can have a massive impact on not solely the individuals with the diagnosis, but their families and the overall society. Yeah,
0: and I think well, you know re- one thing that I hear in my clinic very too often actually is that people say, oh, you know, I like talking to you because you listen to me and you believe me. And who's not listening to these people? Who's not believing these people? Because I'd like to know. Um, you know, so yeah, every pharmacist could do that, if nothing else. And, and so, yeah, I think there's a lot of work to be done.
1: To learn more about the fabulous Trudy Thomas and her work, check out her profile on Tori slash epilepsy hyphen sparks hyphen insights. See you next week.